Hello and welcome to the Chiropractic Compass podcast, providing a navigational beacon for the present and the future of chiropractic. This podcast is brought to you by the legendary chiropractor online community built for and with the prospective chiropractic student, current chiropractic student, and even doctor out in the field in mind. I'm your host, Johnny Ruder, and today we're talking about four incredible lessons from the Gonstead legacy with Dr. Tom Hodisk. Are you at all interested in reading about chiropractic-related topics, small business-related topics, or even just basic lifestyle topics? Head over to thelegendarychiropractor.com and join our free book club called The Power of the Binding. We would love to have you, and as soon as you subscribe to the list, we'll add you to the secret Facebook group so you can join in with many others in discussions and conversations pertaining and relating back to the book and the contents. Thank you for allowing this brief disruption to take place. And now back to the program. There we go. Awesome. We are officially live. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Happy. What is today? <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> Happy, Happy Tuesday. Um, welcome to the Chiropractic Compass podcast brought to you by the Legendary Chiropractor online community. We are here and joined tonight with your host, Johnny Ruder, as well as the amazing Dr. Tom Podisk. Did I say that correctly? Yes, you did. Yep. Phenomenal. Yep. You That's did. good. All right. Dr. Podisk is out in uh, Wisconsin, and he actually is the president of the Gonstead Clinic in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. And he has a ton, a ton of insight to share with us this evening. And I could not be more excited for this. So, Doc, without further ado, I think uh, take the floor, introduce yourself, tell us where you are, who you are, where you're coming from, and uh, how you got into chiropractic and where you're at now. Well, thank you very much, Johnny, and it's such an honor to be on your program. I, I really admire uh, your, your uh, initiative with this and uh, the people that you're talking with and the information you're gathering and sharing. And I just love your smile too. So please keep that up. That's I appreciate that's, that. Uh, that's very nice to have. We need more of that in chiropractic. Absolutely. We need, more, we need more smiles and we need more enthusiasm and we need more recognition of what a great profession this truly is. I know there's all kinds of problems, but listen, once and all, this is the best profession on the planet. I, I'm certain of that. And I want every chiropractor to have certainty about that. I graduated from Palmer in 1984. And I live here in Wisconsin. I'm in my home right now. And I'm about uh, two hours, I think, from Mount Horeb, Wisconsin, where the Gonstead Clinic is, the world-renowned Gonstead Clinic. And boy, what a place that is. And I'm so honored to have been invited to be the president of the foundation, which owns and operates the clinic now. Uh, the foundation is a nonprofit, a fully 501c3 nonprofit. And it was bought by a couple of uh, chiropractors, I think about 10, 12 years ago when it came up for sale, uh, there was a famous uh, student of Gonstead's named Larry Troxell and John Thatcher, original students, and uh, Phyllis Markham worked for Clarence Gonstead. She's the lady who took the x-rays for many, many years, I think 40 or more years. And when the clinic came up for sale, they said, boy, we got to save this place because it was close to being torn down. It had deteriorated to a point where, you know, the masonry was crumbling and the, 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 the boards were rotting. 
and uh, the roof was leaking and the, the heating system was outdated. I mean, this, this place was rough and it was so sad because this was the male clinic equivalent in Cairo mm-hmm. at one time, you know, yeah. patients came there from around the world, just like they go to the male clinic. And uh, it's such a landmark for chiropractic. And we, we've had many landmarks. Uh, unfortunately, most of them are gone. The Ryan building, sanitarium, mm-hmm. uh, Spears chiropractic hospital in Colorado. All we've got now are a couple of bricks and some pictures of those places. And that's all gone now. And that's such a shame because those are important landmarks for our beautiful legacy that we have in chiropractic. And those are gone. But here we are, we've got the Gonstead clinic. It was bought and saved by a couple of chiropractors with a lot of vision. They recognized how important this place is. And uh, those of us now that are there, we're carrying on the mission to preserve and restore that place for several reasons. Uh, One of them is uh, we see what happens when people come for a visit and you have to come for a visit. I know you said you've not been there yet. And any of you listening right now that have not been to the Gonstead Clinic, I invite you to stop by. You can really come anytime. It's still an operating chiropractic office. It has four DCs and you can come by anytime for a visit, Uh, but it's best to come there when there's a seminar. And we'll talk about that in the future, how you can find out where those are. In fact, there's one this weekend, but, but here I am as the, the voluntary president of this foundation. And this happened about four years ago. I practiced for 24 years. I had a very busy and successful multi DC family practice had a load of fun there, did it just incredible uh, amount of adjusting there, uh, starting at six in the morning and going till 6.30 in the evening. Lots of families, uh, lots of non-musculoskeletal type cases, you know, as pure chiropractic as, as we could get it, uh, adjusting uh, specifically vertebral subluxations to help people's bodies heal better. That's essentially what we were after. And we were using the Gonstead method there. And uh, it came to a point where I hurt my hands and I could no longer practice. Hmm. And uh, I sold the practice to one of my associates. And uh, after that, I knew I still wanted to stay active in chiropractic. So I went to the 50th anniversary of the Gonstead Clinic. This was in 2014. They had a 50th celebration there. That clinic was built in 1964. So that was 50 years in 2014. And I thought, well, that sounds real interesting because there were people there that were going to be telling stories. And I just love Gonstead stories. We'll talk about some of those. Mm-hmm. So I went to that and I saw what, sh- in sh- what shape the place was in. I mean, they had done some repairs to that point, but it was still just kind of shameful. The masonry was still crumbling. The wood was still rotting. Windows were falling out of their frames. And as I listened to these amazing stories of people that either worked for Clarence or were patients of Clarence or were relatives of his, they told stories that were just, you know, heart, heartbreaking. They would grab you right inside here. And as I listened, I just knew that I have to help this place. Mm-hmm. So at a point, I think it was at lunchtime, I went and talked to one of the people who were involved running the place. And I said, listen, I want to help. So uh, I soon found myself as one of the directors. There's a board of directors, all volunteers, that all function to keep this place going. And they liked my talents and what I was able to do. I uh, gave it the best that I could, and eventually I found myself as the president, which I am now. So uh, uh, I said, we're all volunteers. Uh, the goal is to keep the place running, which we are. It's a fully functioning chiropractic office. We still have lots of patients, and lo- some of them still come from around the country, just like they used to. Uh, I don't think we've seen anybody from outside the country as a patient in a while, but lots of them from around the country. And uh, the goal is to 
keep it functioning, not only as a chiropractic office, but because when we see people come there, like you're going to do someday, you're going to be so impressed, it's going to motivate you. And that we want that to stand as a shining example of ultra success that will motivate all chiropractors, irregardless of what technique you use, to see what this guy did in a small village in the 1940s through the 1980s uh, is just incredible. You know, the town was 1,400 people when he was practicing, and he was so busy that he had to build a, a runway so that people could fly in to see him, and he had to build a hotel to hold all the people that would come from around the world to see the guy. Uh, so we've got to preserve this place. This is one of the last landmarks, historical landmarks that we have in chiropractic, and it's just phenomenal. And mm -hmm. some, when you come there, you'll just be awestruck. You'll know the definition of the word jaw-dropping. <laughs> so uh, that, that's where I am right now, and I'm having a blast, and it's going very good. Awesome. Thank you for sharing, Doc. That was phenomenal. Uh, what an introduction. And, you know, I think that a lot of times – People forget, like you said, we want to keep the Gonset building around. We want to keep this staple of chiropractic, not only his legacy, but also what it did and provided for people around. Because what is still around is just a museum or it's not fully functioning like the Gonset Clinic. And I think that there's a lot of power in that. Uh, like you said, he started back in 1940 and kind of took it took it from there. And that's where that's where we're at now. And it's really cool that you guys are trying to preserve this and keep this around. Yeah, absolutely. He actually started in 1923. Uh, he started in Mount Horeb. He, he, he bought a practice, a very small practice, and he took it over. It was, uh, I think, just two rooms above the bank downtown. And uh, he worked very hard on building that. And uh, we'll talk about some of the attributes of Gonstead as we go along here, because today our topic is four lessons that all chiropractors can benefit from, from the legacy of, of Gonstead. You learn these four lessons and they will help you thrive. They're, they're, they're things that anybody can do. So you want to start with the first one? Absolutely, Doc. I'm ready when you are. Well, one thing that will impress upon you when you come to the Gonstead Clinic someday is the absolute immensity of this place. I mean, uh, a lot of people hear these stories and they think, okay, yeah, Gonstead had a, a big clinic. Well, you know, I... I started in a clinic about 600 square feet. And I think in about uh, four years, I increased that to uh, about 1,000 square feet. And then I made another move in my practice after about 15 years to 3,000 square feet. Wow. And back in 19, um, back in the year 2001, when I did that, when I had a 3,000 square foot office, and, and even that's considered a large clinic by most standards, that's a 12 room clinic with a waiting room and an x-ray room and a reception area. And we were uh, able to accommodate four DCs in a 3,000 square foot office like that. It was tight, run, efficient ship. Uh, yeah. But here, Gonstead's clinic is 19,000 square feet. Wow. <laughs> Here's the clinic that he built in 1964. And you got to understand, you know, you weren't around then and I wasn't around then. I didn't become a chiropractor until 1984. But in those decades, of the 40s and 50s and 60s, and even into the 70s and 80s for that matter, the AMA had a campaign going on very strong to destroy the chiropractic profession. I mean, mm -hmm. bearing down hard. Uh, you hear about uh, chiropractors that were jailed in some, of our, in some of our states for practicing medicine without a license, which was a, a joke. 
uh, some licenses in some states. So the MDs would perpetuate that just to eliminate the competition. They were behind a lot of that. Uh, that was the least of it. You know, they were sending out news releases to every organization, senior citizen organizations, uh, high school guidance counselors, nasty letters about chiropractic. They were sending out news releases to all the newspapers. Uh, this lady, Dear Abby, who would write a column in every newspaper, you know, a question and answer thing. Yep. Was being influenced by them, writing nasty things about chiropractic. I mean, they had depth to the meanness that they had against the profession. And across the country, chiropractors were struggling because of that. And here's Clarence Gonstead in this tiny little town out in the middle of nowhere, Mount Horeb, Wisconsin, that was absolutely killing it. And he builds this 19,000 square foot clinic in this tiny little village of Mount Horeb, which was just unheard of. Most chiropractors back then were practicing in a room out of their house, probably, you know, that was the common office. So here's this guy with a freestanding clinic, 19,000 square feet, made to hold at least four DCs. And this place was cranking. I mean, mm -hmm. he seeing patients maybe at six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning until two o'clock the next morning. And he'd <laughs> through and he'd lucky, lucky if he got a lunch because we know people that work there that said that he would eat a couple of uh, pieces of cheese and drink a, a Heineken at, in the dark room. That was his lunch. <laughs> so this guy was just a, a maniac, a bundle of energy. Nobody yet has figured out how he had the stamina to do that for 50 years because he did that uh, six days a week. So maybe it was a Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but uh, but uh, when you go there, you'll see the immensity of that place. And that's the first lesson from the Gonstead legacy. Everything the man did was huge. And the lesson is that almost all of us are thinking way too small. When you oh, look yeah. at his life and what he did, everything was big. Not only his clinic, but someday if you get a chance, you'll be able to go see his house. That's still standing. That's a marvel in itself. Uh, then you'll see his Cadillac, which we still have in the garage of the clinic. I mean, this guy bought big cars. These are Cadillac limousines, and we still have one of them in the clinic. And then you hear about his method, which was taught in virtually every chiropractic school across the country. And for that matter, I think still is taught in most of them. Uh, then the guy gets a book written, uh, the textbook. It's called Factors. <laughs> And, and, you know, this thing is huge. It'll take you a, a, a month to go through that and learn all the details in there about his method. And then the, uh, after he passes away, a number of books have been written about him. Here's one that was just written. This is the new biography called Gonstead, the Adjuster. And I worked with the author who lives not too far from me, Matthew Amon. And we tried to make this book small. And, you know, we couldn't fit things in here any smaller because everything the guy did was big. Yeah. But, and the stories. I mean, this is a book that you don't want to drop on your foot. You're going to break <laughs> the guy's life in here. So everything the guy did was big. Everything about him was big. It's real obvious. We've all been thinking way too small for way too long. Chiropractic is such a wonderful thing. In fact, we still have some audio and videotapes of him teaching. And I just watched one the other day and he says that. He says, chiropractic is so wonderful. It can do anything, he says. And in the context of that, when you watch the rest of the tape, you see that he's not saying that chiropractic is a cure-all for anything by any means, but he's saying that uh, chiropractic, you know, heals people using innate better than anything else, and that's what chiropractic is all about. So, I mean, this guy thought big. We all need to think bigger. So yeah. whether you're a student or a practicing chiropractor out there, you don't have to go out and buy, build a 19,000-square-foot clinic. In fact, I wouldn't advise it. it it's going to hurt you. <laughs> 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 the responsibilities that are involved with that nowadays, unless you got some very good help, but yeah. 
you know, think bigger when you're uh, expanding your practice. Uh, maybe you're aiming to add another room or two. Well, think about, you know, building it in such a way that you can easily add two more rooms very soon after that, because chiropractic is such a wonderful thing. If you really work it the way it was intended and uh, uh, follow the principles and do some good marketing and provide good service, you know, your practice will grow and grow and grow. And it should really not stop until it runs into some kind of a blockage. And it's usually a blockage on your own part. So <laughs> that's the first lesson. We're all thinking too, too small. Gonstead thought really, really big. And you'll see that when you get there someday. Yeah, absolutely, Doc. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I took two major things away from that. And we are thinking too small as a chiropractic profession. And I want to ask your personal opinion of how, like you were saying, maybe add a room, add, you know, further outreach via, you know, social media or advertising or whatever you got to do to get people into your office. But what are some other examples you can think of to, to play bigger nowadays uh, like Gonsad did back in the day? Well, he really didn't do any marketing, although um, I, I question that. You know, he used to say that. He used to say, I never did any advertising, but I'm, I'm also a keeper of the archives for chiropractic. Being the president, I keep to keep all the papers. And we have a lot of archives on Gonsad, articles and letters and newspaper clippings. And he did do some marketing early on, uh, so just some basic square little ads in the newspaper, you know. But think about this. He put that remarkable clinic, which is a Frank Lloyd Wright design in 1964, on top of the highest hill in town. Let me tell you something. That's marketing, my buddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That place, and you notice that. That's marketing. It's just that his marketing was different. You know, Absolutely. And then the, he develops the method and starts teaching it all over the place. I mean, the guy did marketing. Nobody's going to tell me differently. It just said it was a different kind of marketing. So, you know, think big with your marketing. Think different about your marketing. Uh, maybe do something different than everybody else is doing. Be clever. Be creative about it. That would be a good takeaway from that. Absolutely. I love that. Play bigger as chiropractors and chiropractic students, too. I think that we can tie this back to the student and start playing bigger now while you're in school, start doing things that will impact your future uh, when you get there. And, you know, if you if you let yourself just kind of sit by and sit back and don't do anything uh, for your future, you know, it's going to happen to you and not for you kind of thing. So I think that for a student takeaway, um, start playing bigger now while we're in school too. start getting involved. Yeah, with for a student, that's that rings a bell with me, too, because people often ask me, you know, what was responsible for the success that I had? Uh, and uh, one of the things early on is when I was a student, I decided, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to really do it, which means I didn't just take the classes. Whenever a speaker came to the campus, I went to listen. Uh, I went to all the extra stuff. Uh, I did an internship in my last year of college, uh, of chiropractic college called the Troxel Intern Program. I was very fortunate to get into that. Larry Troxel, I mentioned him earlier, was mm -hmm. a student of Gonstead, and he practiced near Davenport, Iowa, where I went to school, and he offered an internship program. So I did that every evening after school for a whole year. So, you know, don't miss out on all the wonderful extras uh, in your education. That's how you yeah. think as a student. I agree with you completely. Awesome. Phenomenal. And the second thing I picked up on was uh, you were talking about, you know, the Dear Abby or, you know, all those advertisements that were going against chiropractic. Uh, I think that as you and I sit here and chat, I think we can kind of argue that that's still going on today. What would you think? Yeah, there's no doubt that it is. Uh, but some people point out that the majority of our, uh, 
the resistance that we have now in the profession, very sadly, is coming from within our own profession. Stronger than it's ever been. And I think that's stronger than what's going on from externally right now. It's really, really, really a sad situation. Absolutely. And so just to kind of before we go on to number two here, just before um, we jump into the next topic or the lesson, what do you think that we can do now to stop the internal disputes? Um, because it is like, like you said, these are four lessons that any chiropractor, any technique, anywhere in the world can take away um, and learn from. So what can we do now to kind of stop fighting internally? Well, I'm a pretty principled chiropractor. I believe strongly in the subluxation and the adjustment. And I know there are people that don't in our profession. And I think they are partly responsible for the majority of the infighting that's going on. So I say that we should call them out. When some people say that there's no evidence for the subluxation and that uh, things like palpation are worthless, this is not true. There's there's plenty of uh documentation and, and uh, research to back that up. I agree there can be more and we're working on it, but there's proceeding to be using it. So we have to call these people out. We have to uh, contact the schools whenever they're speaking someplace or, or if they're in some seminar and you see them on the agenda, uh, we all have to speak out and say, listen, they're not telling the whole story. That's, that's really what's going on there. They're taking bits and pieces of the evidence that they like to discredit what we're doing and they need to be called out. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more, Doc. All right, let's hop into Dr. Liam Schubel is tuning in from New Jersey. He says, hello. Hi, <laughs> so let's jump into uh, lesson number two here. I think that that this is going really, really well, and I want to uh, keep learning. <laughs> yeah, very good. Number two would be an observation of Gonset as you study his legacy is that, uh, you know, he maybe have had 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 some natural talents, but like almost every other expert, he kept improving himself. He worked at it to get that good. Uh, we have uh, stories from people, and we know a story that he told, for example. You know, he, he believes that uh, the major component of the subluxation that causes the nerve interference was the disc bulging when the, when the bone misaligns, said uh, the closing of the vertebral foramen by the bony structure. Maybe that's part of it. But he said, no, it's, it's mainly the disc that shifts when the, when the bone is out of place. And it's that shifting of the disc, that bulging that's pressing on the nerve interference. So he went over to a campus, I think, in Ohio, where there used to be a chiropractic school. I don't think there is anymore. I think it was Lincoln, the old original Lincoln College. And he made a deal with somebody over there to go into their pathology department and, and work on a cadaver. And he looked at that disc. He went and did dissections on his own to verify his own way of thinking about that. And he found that what his thinking was, was true. He could see where when a, when a vertebrae displaces, the disc bulges. And that uh, usually is what is pressing on the nerve uh, near the foramen. So that's basically how he developed his method. It's called the level disc concept. That's the basis of the chiropractic method. So, you know, he kept learning. He kept digging like that. Uh, we also have reports from uh, a guy who uh, was an original student, Dr. Ron Diot. Uh, he says that Gonstead knew his uh, nervous system and spine like the back of his hand. He was always looking in his Gray's anatomy, and he was always looking in his guidance physiology, uh, looking for uh, the sources of people's problems, uh, researching things when they ever get a difficult case. I mean, he dug into it and he could tell you, he could quote from those books and tell you, you know, the paragraph it's coming from and on which page. So uh, that's a lesson for all of us. We always have to keep improving. And this is so true of any expert that's good. If you look at Tiger Woods, 
if, if you look at any a quarterback or base basketball player and how good they are, if you look at Yo-Yo Ma, the guy that plays the big bass and is so good at that, those people work hard at that stuff. They might have some natural talents, but uh, the, the, the majority of the talent that they have comes from them. Keep practicing, keep learning. So we have to be just like Gon said here. We have to keep improving ourselves. And that can bring up a good point here for us to talk about uh, the Gonstead seminars. And Absolutely. Yeah, there's one this weekend. Uh, if you want information about what's going on at the Gonstead Clinic, you go to gonstead.com. Gonstead.com. G-O-N-S-T-E-A-D.com. And uh, that's one of our main websites where you can see where the seminars are, and we have them all around the country. And you can see when we have them at the Gonstead Clinic, which I think is at least four times a year. And this very weekend is the biggest one of the year. It's called the Extravaganza, the Gonstead Extravaganza. It starts on Friday at 6.30 p.m. and then goes until Sunday at noon. And uh, any chiropractor or chiropractor student is welcome to come to that. And it doesn't matter what kind of technique you use. You will learn some things that will help you in your practice. You will learn how to find a subluxation better. You will learn how to adjust them better. You will learn how to look at x-rays differently the way Gonstead taught it. Uh, so every chiropractor is welcome there. And we do get visitors uh, from around the world, uh, from all the chiropractic colleges, I just looked at the list today of uh, the students that are coming, and we've got students coming from eight different chiropractic colleges this oh. week so far, and I think more will be coming because people register late. You know how that goes. <laughs> Please come to the Gonstead Clinic, as I mentioned, whether it's for a visit to take a tour or to come to one of our seminars. Uh, they're inexpensive. We do offer CEU credits. Uh, we can take you around town and show you where Gonstead's office was, where his house is. Uh, we can look at his tombstone, and on his tombstone it says, find the subluxation, accept it where you find it, fix it, and leave it alone. And that's pretty much the story of Clarence Gonstead's practice right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That was a good transition right into uh, your event this weekend. Um, that's Friday, April 26th at 6.30 p.m. in Mount Horb. Um, Wisconsin at the Gonstead Clinic. So you want to be there. You want to do that. Um, and so that goes right along with number two. Do things that are always constantly improving yourself. You know, take take some selfish steps to look look at yourself and do things for you that will make you better for your patients someday. And I think that this event, um, if you're a Gonstead practitioner, if you're not, if you're a chiropractor or a chiropractic student, I think it's a powerful event and a huge event. Uh, like you were saying, it's the biggest one. It's the extravaganza. So I think it's uh, it's pretty important if you're there. And I think it's going to be really, really cool. Thanks thanks for sharing that, Doc. You bet. Yeah. So how nowadays do we keep improving ourselves as doctors and as students? Well, one thing that comes to mind, you know, I've been a DC now for, I think, 34 plus years. And uh, I still practice. I, I can't see a high volume of patients anymore because I hurt my hands, but I still stay active in the profession with this Gonstead Clinic. But I also volunteer at a free uh, uh, healthcare clinic near my home for the indigent. I'm the chiropractor there one day a week. So uh, I want to keep learning. In fact, I'm watching these Gonstead videos that we have now in the archives. And sure enough, I picked something up that I had never heard before. You know, in the Gonstead method, uh, most of us use this nervoscope, a two probed instrument. Uh, that we run in the spine. That's one of the characteristics of the Gonstead method to find the nerve interference. And uh, sure enough, I picked something up there. Gonstead's talking about running the nervoscope, and he says, when you get up to the top of the spine, right by the occiput, a lot of us have the tendency to tip the meter down in the back, you know, because the head 
where you get to the ox, but it tilts up there. But it'll give you a false reading when you do that. He says, no, keep your scope level, parallel with the ground. And when you're gliding right up to the base of the occiput, that's where you stop. If you tilt, you're going to get a false reading there, and it'll look like you got a, a, a nerve pressure at the top all the time. So that's one of the things I learned just the other day uh, directly from Gonstead, watching those videos. Keep your nervous scope level with the ground when you get to that occiput. Absolutely. And isn't that amazing that we're still learning new things? You know, I mean, you've been out of practice or you've been in the chiropractic profession for years. And I think that it's incredible that the the real learning uh, happens kind of outside of school. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's another thing I would advise students uh, during your break time or when you're home for the weekends or whatever, you know, go visit DCs in your area. You'll find the vast majority of them being very welcome to you. Anybody that isn't welcome isn't worth visiting, you know, and that was another one of the uh, keys to my success is I, I visited, I think probably 50 DCs. And I continued to do that even after I started practicing. When I heard somebody was busy and success, successful, I want to find out what they're doing. And uh, most of them were very willing to share uh, either information over the phone or, or invited me over to come and watch for an hour or two. You know, don't don't uh, uh, make them, uh, don't burden them and get in their way. But, uh, you know, go for a visit, ask if you can follow, shadow them is how they say it. And boy, I picked up more from that, just like you say, than I think I did from any other kind of training is just watching successful DCs. Be sure you're enjoying The Legendary Chiropractor not only on thelegendarychiropractor.com, but also on various social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. Follow us at The Legendary Chiropractor. And on Twitter, follow us at Legendary Chiro. Please engage and participate in conversation and start any discussions that you feel are necessary for the chiropractic profession to hear and are important enough for all of those in the profession to know about. Thank you for allowing this brief disruption to take place. And now back to the program. Absolutely. I love that, Doc. Dr. Barbara Eaton says hello. She's out in Alaska. <laughs> um, so let's go right into number three, lesson number three, um, because there's always more learning to do. And I'm going to be really sad, Doc, when this is these four lessons are over. Boy, there's so many lessons to learn from the legacy of Gonstead, you know. So uh, if, if you can't get to the clinic to to uh, take a tour, you know, read some of the books about Gonstead, get this new Gonstead book called The Adjuster. Uh, that's probably the most thorough and revealing book about the real Clarence Gonstead. There's a whole bunch of other books out there, but this one, uh, you know, puts them all to shame because there's so much more detail in this one. And the amazing thing is about that book, uh, the guy who wrote it, Matthew Amon, uh, he donated the book then to our, our uh, Gonstead organization. So every penny of the money that anybody pays for that book, it all goes to chiropractic research. So uh, nobody's making any profit on it. All the money goes to chiropractic research when you buy that book, Gonstead the Adjuster, and you can get it from that website, gonstead.com. But awesome. to, to number three, this is another good transition because a lot of people come to the Gonstead Clinic and they look around and they, uh, a question forms in their mind, how did he do this? You know, they look at his clinic and they learn about his his uh, practice and they learn about his technique and they see his Cadillac in the garage and they hear about his house or they drive by it and look at the immensity of that. How did he do this in this small little town? They ask, here's how he did it. You ready? I'm ready. There's a lot of characteristics about Gonstead that we could talk about, but the secret to his success is this. He was better than anybody else at specifically detecting and adjusting the vertebral subluxation. Uh, I like to summarize, summarize it and call it exceptional patient care. 
That's really what he was doing over there. That was the secret of his success. He figured out how to detect and adjust the vertebral subluxation more specifically and better than anybody else. And he worked very hard on that and he kept refining it all throughout his practice. That's the secret of his success. So he focused on that and we all need to focus on that because for example, there's a lot of busy chiropractors. I, I think some of them in volume probably rival Gonstead, maybe even see more volume than Gonstead did. But when you look closely at the difference, a lot of those practices are busy because of very clever marketing which isn't bad. I did a lot of clever marketing myself. Clarence, as we talked about, did some clever marketing. And a lot of them are busy because they use very unique uh, payment methods, like maybe a membership practice. And that's not bad either. I did some of that. I had family plans in my practice that were very attractive for, for uh, patients. But here's the difference with Clarence. His was busy because of the results that he got for people. Mm. That attracted people. They couldn't get results anywhere else. A lot of those patients of his had been seeing chiropractors elsewhere and they came to the Gonstead Clinic to get better, and they did get better, and they told other people, and that's what drove his practice was the results that he got, and he got those results because of the exceptional patient care, and that exceptional patient care was from the uh, specific detection and adjusting of chiropractic uh, of vertebral subluxation, and there's a couple of components to that. You want to hear what those are? Absolutely. Because these are things that anybody can do. Uh, whether you do one of them or all of these, your practice is going to do better. You're going to help more people. They're going to tell other people and they're going to come back and they want more. Here's what he did. He found out that uh, you have to have instrumentation. He, he said that the uh, nervous scope, which was the instrumentation that he used, is the most important tool that a chiropractor has. Those are his direct words. I just heard that the other day also listening to, uh, to one of the videotapes that we have of him. So he said that to find that nerve interference, you have to have an instrument of some type. And he always used the nervous scope, which he worked with EDL, Electronic Development Labs, to refine that because he found that the old one that BJ was using and selling neurokilometer was not very good. And uh, he helped refine that into the neuroscope that we have today. And that's what I use in my practice. But there, there are other instruments to be used that, that work reasonably well. But he, he said that you have to find the nerve interference, the true subluxation, by using an instrument, by using the neuroscope. And I've heard people say, well, I tried that, you know, and, and it doesn't work, they'll say. You know, they said you can run that on a wall and you can find out that the wall is crooked. I heard somebody say that one time. But listen. <laughs> are people that never took the time to learn it properly. You have to hold it a certain way. You have to glide it at a certain speed. You have to make sure your probes have equal contact with the skin, and you have to know how to watch for that specific break in the meter. That takes time to learn that, and we teach that at these seminars in, in a lot of detail, and a lot of times it's taught by veterans have it, who have been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years, so uh, this is the place to learn it, but that was one of the components of his exceptional patient care is to run that nervous scope. And he was adamant about that. He would scold chiropractors that don't use instrumentation uh, because he said, you're not finding the nerve interference if you're not running instrumentation. If you're just palpating muscles that are tight, that can be coming from a compensation. That's not a subluxation. And then yeah. he would chiropractors that are just looking at an x-ray. You can't see a subluxation or nerve pressure on an x-ray. You can see some of the effects of the subluxation on an x-ray but he was adamant about running that nervous scope. That was, that was one of the things. The second thing that he ad, had advocated is that he said, you have to have a full spine weight bearing x-ray. He said, you have to see the whole spine from the occiput 
right down to that coccyx. You have to see all of that if you're going to be a, give a thorough analysis of somebody. So you run your meter to find where the nerve pressure is. That's, that tells you where the subluxation is. Uh, then you palpate that, and, and you're specifically looking for the, 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 the swollen soft spot. You're not looking for the tight high spots. You're looking for the soft swollen spot, the, the dimple where your finger sinks in. Uh, that, that's part of the palpation that's taught in the, in the Gonstead method that's often forgotten by a lot of chiropractors. That was part of his analysis that was crucial. And after you find that subluxation, then you go to that full spine weight-bearing x-ray, and the x-ray tells you how to fix it. That's how he taught this. You find it with the nervoscope and palpation, the x-ray tells you how to fix it. And it has to be uh, with uh, a full spine weight-bearing x-ray. If, it, if it's taken laying down, you're not going to see it. Uh, if it's not a full spine x-ray, if it's just a sectional, uh, you're going to miss a lot of important things that tell you how to fix it. Uh, and you learn all of this in the Gonstead system. This is this is the Gonstead method. So he did this, you see, more specifically than anybody else. And that's why people came, because they got exceptional results from the exceptional care that we gave. And, and this is another reason we want to uh, protect the chiropractic clinic, because it's a standard that we all need. This needs to be the foundation that we all function on is to give our patients better care. And Gonstead came up with this method that teaches everybody how to do what he learned. You know, we can maybe never be as good as he was. Uh, so we know some chiropractors doing it for 40, 50 years, and they're pretty good, but they're still not as good as he was. Uh, but everybody can improve uh, with learning these methods from Clarence Gonstead. Absolutely, Doc. I Yeah. And I think you nailed it um, with being the most specific adjuster, but he wasn't the most specific adjuster without finding the subluxation first, right? You know, you got to do one, you got the, the chicken has to come before the egg or the egg has to come before the chicken. The horse yeah. has to come before the cart. How about that one? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yes. Detection of it is uh, just as important as the adjusting of it. Absolutely. In fact, I, I think he says that the detection of it is more important than the adjusting of it. Uh, you yeah. can, you can uh, uh, sometimes not adjust it perfectly, and maybe as he did, and you'll still get good results there as long as you're on the right spot. You got to be on the right spot, you know. And if you look at back at all the successful DCs in the past, um, BJ Palmer and uh, Thompson and uh, Grostick, they'll they tell you the same thing. They were all doing the same thing. They were specifically finding that subluxation. You know, they were specific, and that's so lost today. And chiropractors wonder, you know, how come I don't get the results like the old guys did? You know, all I'm getting is these back pain cases, and they're driving me nuts, and even those are difficult to fix. Where's the non-musculoskeletal cases that I should be helping? Well, Doc, you're not finding the source of those. That's the problem. Uh, you're not being specific like the old-timers were, and that's been lost. we got to get back to that. Absolutely, absolutely. I think just taking more time. Um, whatever protocol you use, uh, I think that even with, without Gonstead, like specifically with the nervous scope and the full spine x-ray, whatever modalities or whatever instrumentation or palpation that you're using, I think that slowing down a little bit and really taking the time to analyze the spine, the segment, how it's misaligned, where do the restriction is, I think that's vital no matter what, what technique you're using, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We, I, I don't care what kind of tools or instruments you're using. Anything you do to be more specific and finding that subluxation uh, is going to help your patient be better. And it's going to be better for the patient, for the profession, for the nation. You know, there, it, it, there's no loss there whatsoever. Everybody's going to benefit from that. So that's definitely a, a fundamental that we have to have. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Lesson number four, Doc. What do we got? Lesson number four. You know, now, now these three that I've told you so far are all pretty positive things, right? Uh, thinking bigger, uh, keep improving yourself, and uh, focus on specific detection and adjusting of the uh, vertebral subluxation. These are all positive things. But uh, Gonstead wasn't perfect. He was a human being like the rest of us, full of flaws. You know, we, we know some things about him that, that were not so good, and those are outlined in the book. You know, all the truth is there. Nothing uh, extremely bad, but, you know, this was not a perfect person by any means. So when, when people sometimes say that we're going up to Mount Horeb to worship Gonstead, you know, this isn't the case whatsoever. We don't want to worship the man. Uh, we like his technique, and we like what he did, and we want to learn from it and apply it to our own practices so that we can help more people. And we want more chiropractors to do that. That's what's going on at the Gonstead Clinic. Uh, so here's the fourth thing that is not so good about Gonstead that we can all still learn about. As you look into the legacy of Gonstead and his practice and the history, you find out something about him. He was an excellent technician, an excellent chiropractor. He was a terrible manager. He was a terrible manager of his staff and in uh, a lot of times with his money. So you learn about this from this man and you can uh, learn some things that'll help you thrive and avoid some of the mistakes that he made. Uh, I told you a minute ago that I'm a keeper of the archives for the chiropractic profession. You see Gonstead, uh, one of his flaws was him and his wife were pack rats. Uh, they didn't throw much away. At the time of his death, his house was packed with junk. I visited his wife before she packed away and she had boxes of stuff packed up where you had to kind of squeeze in through a hallway to get in the living room and that was packed with stuff. The only place to sit when I visited her in her living room was a pelvic bench. That was her couch where we sat and, and had a discussion. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got all these archives that Gonst had saved when he got a letter from one of his staff, he didn't throw it away, he stuck it in a drawer and we have all these things. So I'm reading all these letters in these archives and I'm learning about what a terrible manager he was. Uh, uh, patients loved them, his staff loved them for the most part but he was a terrible manager. Uh, for example, a gentleman came along, Dr. Cheel, C-H-E-A-L. This was back in the 1970s, I believe. You can read about it in the book. It's all fully explained there. But to summarize it, this guy was a researcher. He was a chiropractor, but he was a researcher. So he went to Gonstead and he said, listen, Clarence, you know, I see what you're doing here and it's remarkable. He says, I know how to do research to uh, document all this stuff and get it published. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And uh, Clarence wouldn't buy it. No, he by it. He, he said that I don't trust people. Uh, he, he had got burned a couple times, I think, from former employees or from business deals. And at that point, he said, I don't trust people. No, I'm sorry. I don't want you doing that here. And what a shame that is. The whole legacy could have been a lot better if this stuff would have been documented better. Articles would have been written. Research could have been published. And that guy, Chiel, you know, he went away. And, and disappeared and nobody ever saw from him again. So that, that was a perfect example. Uh, we also see where he didn't pay employees very well. You know, he was raking in dough left and right, piles of money. Uh, he had diamonds that were four and five carats when he passed away. We've got his last will and testament. We've got documents about how much he was worth, which was, uh, I think, $8 million in 1978 when he passed away, which is equivalent wow. to probably 20-some million dollars today in today's dollars. Uh, you know, he was he was kind of tight with his money and paying his employees, and, and he didn't pay them well. So a lot of people didn't last there that were good people. Uh, another name that comes uh, to mind is, is uh, Mr. Markham, another guy that was helping him teach the seminars and organize them. And, and Gonsta didn't want to pay him what he was worth, and the guy disappeared. So, you know, listen, if you're going to have a big practice, you probably got to get help with your management. 
there's people that will help you with that. Uh, we've got uh, practice management people in our profession that are excellent. One of them in, uh, in the Gonstead Clinic that helps us. We've got a lot of sponsors. And we have a, 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 a practice management sponsor there. His name is Ed Petty from Petty Michael and Associates. He helped me through my practice and helped me management, manage it uh, to the success that it has. And he helps us at the clinic now. You can uh, look up his uh, website. It's PMA.com. And uh, the lesson there is, you know, you're, you're going to need a manager if you're going to have a big busy, uh, big business. Uh, maybe it's your spouse. If she's good, she or he is good at managing. Uh, otherwise, you got to hire an outsider to come in there and help guide you and manage you. Gonstead didn't do that. He still did well, but uh, his legacy could have been a lot bigger if he would have got help with the management. That's real obvious as you study his life and legacy. So that was the fourth lesson. Not not such a good one on his, but something we can all learn from. Absolutely, I, I think that we can easily learn from that, especially in today's day and age. Like you were saying, there are manage, plenty of management groups out there. There are plenty of people who are willing to help you build your practice up from from nothing, uh, even when you first open your doors. But you have to, uh, I think that you have to be weary that some management groups aren't um, coming from the right side of things. Uh, would you agree with that? I think that you know, sometimes absolutely. you got to look really into it to make sure you're getting the best deal you can. You know, and it's, it's no different than if you're shopping for an x-ray machine or if you're looking for a computer software, you know, you're, you're careful. You do your homework. You, you you talk to the people. You ask for references. You call the references. You go to somebody's office that's working with this person or this equipment and you check it out thoroughly. So, yeah, like anything else, you know, you, you, you're cautious, you're careful, you, you, you check it out thoroughly and then you move forward with with your choice. Absolutely. Love it, Doc. I love the four lessons. I think this is great advice for any student practicing chiropractor um, out there. And I thank you for joining us tonight. Do you have any action steps that people can take to uh, not only get more in touch with you, but also the Gonstead Clinic? Yeah, as I mentioned, you know, you can't lose by going to that website, gonstead.com. You'll find uh, the Gonstead book. Uh, you'll find other resources there. You'll see where all the seminars are. Um, if you want Gonstead care yourself or for your family, uh, you can come to the Gonstead Clinic. We have lots of chiropractors that come there. Or you can find one of our certified Gonstead practitioners on that website also. We have a directory there. We've got chiropract Gonstead chiropractors all around the country and around the world for that matter. And you can find one that uh, you can either go and visit or get some care yourself. I love it, Doc. Thank you so much for being on the show. Let me throw a shameless plug out there quick and uh, we will wrap this up. Thank you so much, Dr. Potis, for being on tonight. Thank you for everything that you do for not only Gonset and the clinic, but also for chiropractic. I think that what you are doing with the nonprofit and with everything trying to sustainably keep alive the Gonset legacy is, is really powerful. And it's really moving to not only myself as a student, but I'm sure other doctors are watching this and can see your enthusiasm when it comes to Gonset, his clinic, and restoring and maintaining the history that we have as a chiropractic profession, because I think that when we go into the future here, it's going to be really important that we have um, good learning stones that we kind of came from, foundations that we came from, and we can look back on those and say, well, this is how they did it then, and it worked, or this is how they did it then, and it didn't work. So let's tweak that and make it into uh, modern day, not only technology, but also you know marketing, sales, getting patients in the door, adjusting and treating patients specifically for vertebral subluxations. I think it's I think it's all what we covered tonight. 
And um, to wrap it up again, the four lessons were think bigger uh, because chiropractors need to think bigger in general. Number two was uh, work to get good at what you do. Um, so always be practicing. There's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't always be reading something chiropractic or practicing something chiropractic. And then uh, number three was be the most specific you possibly can, no matter if you're practicing Gonstead or if you're uh, doing any other techniques. I think that you can really make a tremendous impact on individuals and patients' lives if you are as specific as possible and your intentions are coming from the right place. And number four is going to be uh, Dr. Gonstead was, was a terrible manager, but um, I think that uh, as Dr. Tom mentioned tonight, that we can really learn from that. And we can, like I said, you know, you have your foundations, good or bad, but you can take what you, uh, the history of it and say, look, here's how I'm going to change this. Here's how I'm going to find help. Because if I want to run a 3000 square foot practice or however big your practice is, then you're going to need some help along the way. Right, Doc? Absolutely. Yep. And it's okay. Joy, talking with you tonight, you know, I, I, I'm so honored and I uh, really admire what you're up to. And uh, like I said before, I admire your smile. So keep that up. More of that. So I hope we'll see you. Around. Absolutely, Doc. Thank you. And uh, be sure, everyone, to go to thelegendarychiropractor.com. Check out all of the free content that we have. And we will also be hosting a job board for chiropractors looking to hire associates come April 28th launching at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So please be on the lookout for that. If you have any questions or concerns or comments or observations, please do not hesitate to reach out to me either on Facebook or through email, thelegendarychiropractor at gmail.com. Doc, thank you so much for everything that you do for this profession and just being who you are and being on the show tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you very much and have a wonderful evening. You as well. Enjoy this beautiful spring day you got over there. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. Again, this is Johnny Ruder, your Chiropractic Compass podcast host, brought to you by the Legendary Chiropractor online community, the go-to site for prospective chiropractic students, current chiropractic students, and doctors out in the field. Stay tuned on various social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at The Legendary Chiropractor for when more podcasts will be released and when the next episode is going to come out. Thanks for joining us. This is Johnny Ruder signing off.